0: This is the MMA Takes Podcast. MMA Takes Podcast. With your host, Brian Petrie. Brian Petrie. It is Monday, and I am officially recording. I have said for the past three weeks, I'm going to record on a Monday. I'm going to put it out Tuesday. And by golly, I'm doing it. Very happy myself. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast, episode 29. We're cruising up there, man. We're we're, we're getting up there. We're getting up there. Um, big news. Not big news. Eh, I mean, I'm not a big deal. But I'm actually going to... I'm trying a new thing here, a new format. So I feel like... And this could be all in my own head, but I mean, it's my podcast. So I guess that, that's the only thing that really fucking matters. I feel like sometimes when, I, when there's a big event or something at the end, when I do my picks, I kind of rush them. I'll rush my picks. I cram everything in there. I want to keep it right around 40 minutes. I'm worried about the time. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. You know, um, I, I no one needs to be hear me talk for an hour. I mean, my wife, my poor wife, hears me talk all the time for a long, long car trip. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the episode that's going to come out early in the week and this is good this is only going to affect that uh weeks that have fight weeks. so like this week for example next week and then when there's no fight event that following week and I'll just do the one so I'll put out two this week this episode is just going to cover the odds and ends I'll go over UFC Germany I'll get some of my hot takes I got two of them I will uh just preview some of the news that's going around and, and we'll do like a more loose episode and then on thursday hopefully maybe i'll record on friday and put out thursday hopefully they'll have all the odds i will put out my full picture ufc calgary which is happening saturday which is a fucking banger of a card good lord that fight that fight card is crazy they put a great card together for calgary um good for ufc good for canada way to go canada way to go calgary getting a Really nice fight card, and, and uh, I'll dive deep into that next week. Or, excuse me, next uh, next couple days, I'll uh, give you my picks, give you my picks, my hot picks. So let's start off this one by UFC Germany recap that happened on Sunday afternoon. Pretty snoozer of a card, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think there was uh, nine straight decisions before the main event. I hear a plane going over. Hopefully you guys don't hear that. I don't live by an airport. Hopefully you guys don't hear that. I don't know what the hell that plane's flying so close for. But nine straights, um, you know, whenever there's decisions on the on paper, it doesn't look great. What was kind of a snooze. I fell asleep. Not going to lie I did Woke up for the main event. I went seven and six on the night on my picks. Not the best I've had. Um, not the worst, though. I mean, I've, I've definitely, I'm over 500, which I'm proud of. Didn't know a lot of the fighters on that card, unfortunately. A lot of those European, German guys, they, they kind of stay over there. They don't besides Nick Hine and a few of those other guys, you know, they don't really come over to America and fight often. They kinda they got the Euro scene uh, down over there. But obviously the hot topic, the the I I wrote an article, go check it out on MMA about Anthony Smith. Uh he looked tremendous. I, I love the move up to two oh five. He's a big guy. I mean he's six four and he's fighting at one eighty five. I mean he's cutting a lot of weight. He's not like I mean he's lean, but he's not that lean. Two oh five is absolutely perfect for him. He fought Shogun Hua, who, um, you know, a lot of people love. I love Shogun. I ranked him as a, my number one guy coming from Pride. He's done a lot in this sport. Um, I, I I picked Smith. I, I picked a brutal first round knockout. I thought that's what was going to happen. It happened. Um, you know, it, so I don't think Shogun's done. I mean, he just won three in a row. He got caught. He's an ultra-aggressive fighter. Anthony Smith just has that dog in him where, I mean, if you watch this uh, Tiago Santos fight, he had Tiago Santos out. I mean, he was getting hit with big shots. I mean, he he goes for the kill. He's an exciting guy, and uh, I I do feel bad for uh, Shogun. But this is uh, this is the Anthony Smith's show, and this guy's doing everything right. I, in my article, I alluded to the fact that back in 2010, he was five and six in MMA. His record was five and six. Now, when you're when you're a professional fighter your goal is to be be, get to the UFC and you're sitting there and you're taking brain damage, you're taking, you know, heavy shots and you're training your ass off and you're five and six, you got to look at the mirror and go, do I keep going? You know what I mean? Like, and and the great thing about MMA is, is you, you're not done, you know, In, in boxing, boxing, um, Guys are done after that, right? Five and six, there's not, there's not many big boxers that make it to the Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao levels with, like, six losses. Even though I think Manny Pacquiao does have six losses, he had some really ugly early ones in his career. But MMA, you can have a, a couple losses and attribute to a lot of different things. It's, it's, a, it's a new sport that people are trying to figure out every day, and it's tough to, tough to get good at. And then four years later, in 2014, Anthony Smith was 17 and 11. And again, you got to look in the mirror, like, okay, I'm, you know, what is that, twenty eight fights in, um, I'm endangering my health. You know, this isn't the easiest sport. You know, this isn't the easiest lifestyle. Um, At seventeen eleven, with the with the caliber fighter, I see Anthony Smith now. I'm assuming he wasn't a full time fighter. I'm assuming he was uh, fighting as much as he can, but also was working a job. I know he's married. Know he has kids. So at seventeen eleven, again, you got to have some coaches. You got to have some doubters. He rattled off eight straight wins and got invited to the UFC. And his UFC career has been up and down. Um, had some big wins over Hector Lombard. Had some big losses over Tiago Santos. But uh, since Jordan 205, he's only been a 205er for a couple months now. And knocked out Rashad Evans in the first round. Knocked out Shogun in the first round. Both pretty brutal knockouts. The Rashad one was just a simple knee. Rashad went down, You know, caught Rashad. And then the Shogun one was pretty brutal. I mean, he slept Shogun on the fence. But this is a guy, Anthony Smith, that's doing everything right. I love uh, – he's far from the underdog because he's super talented and he has all the skills in the world. But he's doing everything that you should be doing in MMA. If, if I have to point to somebody, uh, if you're if you're a young kid and you're struggling, you're not picking up certain things in MMA and that's what you want to do in your training, I would look at a guy like Anthony Smith who – probably obviously didn't catch on right away didn't come out of the gates undefeated had some ugly losses had some losses for a reason could have been a mental could have been a physical and uh obviously i don't think any of his losses now are coming from physical and that mental toughness that he built i mean i know it's premature i know we're all you know everyone's kind of on this train right now but i'm telling you uh that, that that mental toughness you can't teach that you know and um I'm super impressed by that. That's 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 hard to do. You always hear the stories about Michael Jordan. You know, didn't make his high school team, and he went on to be you know one of the greatest players in the world. That's similar to this situation. I mean, when you're 17 and 11, and you're getting punched in the head almost every other weekend to try to make ends meet, try to get paid, to try to get to the big show, um, you got to start questioning that. You know, and uh, and some of your coaches, they might they might fall off too. I mean, I've seen this firsthand at gyms where. A guy will come in and he'll have a couple losses in a row and then he'll disappear from the gym for a while and they'll come back. And he's kind of like a, like people kind of like, he's like an outcast. People kind of stay away from him a little bit. Um, I I don't know anything Smith personally. I don't know if that's the situation. Hopefully his coaches didn't do that. Hopefully they've stayed with him the entire time. But um, he's doing everything right. I, I like the future for this kid. I love that he called out Gus on August 4th in like two weeks. Like he took this fight on short notice in Germany and he's like, yeah, fuck, I'll fly to LA right now. And signed the deadline to fight Gus. And right after he called him out, Gus, Gustafson said that he was injured, which is uh, pretty convenient. The guy's always injured. I, I feel like I can't tell you the last time he fought. When's the last time he fought American soil? I mean, uh, I think his last fight was Texera. And I'm I'm sure it was in Sweden or Europe or Finland or some goddamn, one of those Scandinavian fucking countries. But, uh, yeah, so, and then just, I mean, again, there wasn't a whole lot to take away from this, this, uh, this event. Corey Anderson got a big win one of his biggest is career, but who cares? Um, yeah, I mean, Corey Anderson doesn't excite me at all. Uh, not the most exciting fighter in the world. I, I thought he had talent off the ultimate fighters, good wrestler, good grappler. Um, that's what he did to Texera, but I, I, he, I mean, he's not going to sell pay-per-views. He's not gonna put ass in the seats. He, you know, he's been brutally knocked out a few times in, in, uh, in the light heavyweight division by some, some higher ups and, I saw a little pre-fight thing on Facebook. They they told you to get one-word answers, and, like, literally every guy, that he was like, rematch, rematch, rematch. So, I mean, Manawa knocked him out pretty bad. Uh, OSP knocked him out really bad. I, I don't know how high the ceiling is for Cranerson. I know he trains out of Jersey. I know he trains out of Frank Yeager's, uh, Mark Henry's his coach. But, honestly, like, I don't know if that's enough to, to – if that's going to be enough for him to, to reach the Pentaquot 205. in a thin division, too. I just think if he if he runs into somebody that can stop his takedowns and punch, I think he's going to have a world of trouble. Last little tidbit here, Manny Bermudez, the Bermudez triangle. One with another triangle over Davy, Davies Grant. Uh, big fucking surprise. Bermudez, solid kid. He reminds me a lot of that. Um, God, I can't remember the kid's name. Um, he had Paul Sass. Paul Sass. God, where did that come from? Look at this fucking lockdown brain of mine. Paul Sass came to the UFC and was triangling everybody, right? Undefeated, blah, blah, blah. When people learned how to stop that, he fell out of the UFC pretty quickly. Manny Bermudez dropped Davey Grant and then did a, a triangle, started the triangle from top. He was on he was mounted and he was working for the triangle. So this is obviously his go-to move. I, I hope he has more to his game. I hope he I know he trains out of Boston. I don't know if he trains out of Lozons camp or not. I know he's somewhere in Boston. Um you gotta i I'm hoping they they've learned from past previous mistakes of experts in certain fields that he needs to develop his game a lot um he looked good when he when he when he dropped grant and i hopefully his his stand up comes along um a lot better and uh give this guy a top ten now i mean this is his third or second second win in a row third row win in a row give him give him some of the name man dave grant is i mean great but let us let's give the guy with some substance so the winner of the night clearly anthony smith loser of the night glover Texera. glover Texera, what are you doing i mean you're what are you third or fourth ranked or you were and and you lay an egg like that i mean the glover is known to have some pretty good takedown offense his whole career obviously has that devastating power was getting hit and getting taken down and just didn't show much and, and he kind of commented he's like i can't fight like that you know and Glover's only like 36, 37 maybe, 38. I don't know. But I feel like he's been around 100 years. So he's one of those guys that obviously I don't think retirement is – I mean, he's in such a thin division. He could fight till 45 and be ranked in the top fucking 10. So he's obviously a loser. I, thought I Not only because he lost me money because I did bet him, but, I mean, Corey Anderson, again, Not no disrespect to Corey Anderson. I guess I already kind of have. But, I mean – Show me something else. Show me that you can do more, and then maybe I'll be like, okay, Corey Anderson's not bad, but right now he's just you know the weird, you know the weird nipple guy who got slapped by OSP really nasty. All right, so some of the news that's uh, that's in the MMA world that's that's a foot that's tickling the the senses here is Conor McGregor took a selfie um, in a mirror in red underwear and uh, appeared to have an erect penis, uh, definitely a bone. I wrote down here, a boner selfie. You know, Connor obviously is packing a major fucking dick in his pants. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no... If you follow his Instagram, he's always in like little short shorts. If you, if you watch the Floyd Mayweather um, weigh-in, he's in those little gray ones with his cock everywhere. Everyone kind of... I mean, that made the news. But this one, I mean, it, it looks like he's got like a semi-hard cock, which I think is just such a weird thing. You take that selfie, you look at it, you go, okay. And then it was like a, it wasn't like a, a, like a, like, you know, a funny post. It was like, he was like promoting his like training system, Conor McGregor fast or whatever the fuck. So it's like, um, what are we doing here, dude? Like, why are you showing dick pics? Just an odd move. I don't know what his lady thinks about that. Um, I don't know what the UFC thinks about that. I mean, the guy's got a prize hog. I I'm glad that you're showing it off. I, I you know, I'm glad I'm glad that the uh Iris curse, whatever they the whatever they referred that to is is not real in your case. So good for you for having a big old dick, Connor. But um when I'm strolling through my Instagram, I mean the last thing I really want to see is a red a selfie of you in red panties, essentially. But you know, it's red panty night. Do your thing, Connor. I mean you got over a million something follow I mean, well over a million followers on Instagram. Show some decorum. Not everyone wants to see boner pics, man. I mean, put put that hog away. I know there's some guys that are very self-conscious. They tape it down. Maybe tape it down, Connor. Maybe next time you take an underwear pic, tape it down. We all, we've all we all seen the bulge. We've all seen that you're packing a fucking 12-inch dick in those pants. But, uh, yeah, tape it down. Do something, Connor. And this is not coming from jealousy. I mean, yeah, well, maybe it is. Now the thing a lot of people want to cover, which I don't really understand why it's such a big deal. I mean, Dana White is worth I don't know hundred to five hundred million dollars, right? I don't really I don't know. His son Aiden, his oldest, I believe. I think he has three kids. His oldest turned sixteen, and Dana White threw an epic, epic sixteen birthday party for him, and it was like everyone's reporting that Dana spent over one million dollars on his birthday. Yeah, so fucking what, like? My parents on my 16th birthday spent the equivalent of that, of what Dana White's money is. Obviously, they didn't spend a million dollars. But we went all out, baby. And uh, you got to go all out with, with, his, with his son. I know he's proud of his kids. And, and I saw some of the pictures and it looked like a fucking great time. I don't know why this is news. I don't know why people care. But uh, good for Aiden White. Good for Dana of, of spawning his kids because um, not everyone does it. You know? Not anyone does it. So one million dollars is, is is nothing to Dana White. Dana White spends one million dollars on fucking. I don't know. I I, wish I had a joke there. I should have edited that out and and then came back in with a joke. But I'm human. I don't have. I'm not at the ready at all times. But, yeah, $1 million to Dana White is, like, the three, four hundred, five hundred 400 500 my parents spent. So uh, get over it, people. It, that's the thing. I mean, they don't have any stories right? write. Oh, well, the weight cut, no one missed weight this week, so I guess we got to write about Dana White's kid having a million-dollar birthday party. Hmm. Well, CM Punk hasn't said anything in a while, so we complain about that. I've already wrote 10 Brock Lesnar. Uh, this is my impression on MMM media, how they... How they go about it, like I mean, I could sit here and, and debate the weight cutting and is it safe and all that, but that you know, I, I everyone's doing that. If you want that, go go read Chuck Mendenhall. If you want that, go read Ben Folks. Ben Folks is a great one. Ben Folks is 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 the guy that will write any injustice in the world he's writing about about MMA fighters. Like he cares that fucking much about them. I mean, he's just taking a different narrative. You know, Errol's the nice nice guy who does. Um, A five-hour podcast, and Ben Folks is the guy that works at MMA Junkie that writes, you know, these hit pieces on the UFC and how unsafe everything is. It's like, are you a fan? You know, did you come out of, you know, journalism school, or did you get your journal amazer, and they're, like, assigned you MMA? Like, I mean, I don't understand why you continue to write it. Like, you know, just go do something else. Go do something safe. Go do, like, you know, badminton or, or write about chess or something. I'm tired of your fucking opinions. Next up, this comes back every, every so year. So Anderson Silva got, I I don't know if the right word is acquitted, but, um, the tainted supplement defense went over well. He's eligible to return to the UFC in October, I believe. Um, and he's already calling for a GSP fight. This again, this comes around a few years. I remember when they both were at the prime, the pinnacle Anderson said he'd go down to 70 GSP said, I'll come up to 85, blah, 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 um, you know what? I don't hate it. You know, I don't hate the fight. I think, it, I, I think it would sell pay-per-views. And I think that's the goal, obviously, is is you want eyes on the UFC. I mean, I definitely want eyes on the UFC and the MMA world. But it's going to be a boring fight. I mean, it, it's going to be very similar to Cormier, Anderson Silva. I mean, I don't under, I don't see Anderson learning how to stop a takedown from here to now, especially in his 40s. I, I, I don't see that happening. And, and GSP is... Still a really good takedown guy. I don't think it's uh I don't think it's gonna happen at eighty five. I thought GSP looked really slow at eighty five. Hopefully they meet at 70, hopefully Anderson cut to seventy. But again, I don't know if I want to see Anderson seventy. Maybe they can one seventy five, a catch weight. I mean there's no belt online. you know. Isn't it sad that like this was like I mean, what, eight years ago this would have been the biggest fight in the world? Maybe eight years ago. I mean it could have been ten. Ten years ago, Anderson beat Rich for the title and GSP was still a champion, so I'm gonna put it at anywhere between like five to eight years ago. This would have been like the biggest fight ever. Couldn't get it done. Now they're gonna get it done, and I don't know if it could even headline a fight night. Like they're gonna have to put this on a card, hype it up because they're both huge names. But it's just not gonna live up to it. I mean, I don't hate the idea. I kind of want to see it happen so we can we can be done about it. But I would be so shocked. I would. I'll, I know, oh God, what what bet can I make? That's so outrageous if that fight's a good fight. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think, right? I mean, I don't have a ton of money. You know, I got, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll get a tattoo if, if whoever listens to this and, and they're listening to this and they're a fan of MMA takes. If this happens, I'll get a tattoo of anything you want, not on my face or neck, but anything you want. I'll pay for the tattoo. You pick the tattoo and I'll pay for it. If this fight's exciting. Now, obviously, that's objective. That, you know, some people can find, like, I found the Darren Till uh, Steven Wonderboy fight very exciting. A lot of people called it boring. So, it's very objective. But I think unanimously we'll do a poll if people find that fight, if the fight happens and it's exciting, we'll do a poll. And if most people think that it was exciting, and i am obviously gonna be honest too, whoever comments or sends me a message about what they want to tattoo, I'll get a tattoo of that anywhere except on my face or neck. And maybe my forearms, too, because, I mean, I got a job. You know, I got you know, I got kids, man. I can't get whatever. A dolphin fucking up, oil painting on my arm or some shit like that. Whatever you sick fucks want to plan. So that's that's really it in the news. You know, it's early in the week. I know there's news going to break. You know, Thursday there's going to be something great where I'm like, ugh, oh, I got I to hop on here again. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tweet more, so hopefully I can tweet it without uh, having to come down and record. Um... Some fights were announced. We'll do, like I said, we're, we're mixing up. We're going to do some... You know, there's a lot of, of things we got to get to here. Some fights were announced. Uh, we got uh, Mike Perry versus Donald Cerrone for Denver. Um, I don't have a date on that. I want to say August or September. Maybe November. I don't fucking know. Should have known the date. Should have wrote down a date. That's bad journalism by me. Sorry. Take my big J card. That's uh, that's unacceptable. But Mike Perry coming off a big win over Paul Felder. Donald Cerrone coming off a... Uh, an acceptable loss to Leon Edwards. He showed up. He didn't get steamrolled. Leon Edwards is on the up and up. Cerrone, a lot of people have claimed is is finished. And this go back to fifty five. Mike Perry fight is is interesting because Perry just trained at Greg Jackson's. I don't know if Cerrone goes to Jackson's anymore. I know he kind of stayed, I know his ranch is his BMF ranch is in. Um, New Mexico. I always thought it was in Colorado, but it's in New Mexico. So I imagine he's going to Jackson's. I, I imagine him and Perry have crossed paths. I know Mike Perry has said that he's moving them Vegas, and he wants to train in Vegas. I don't know. I mean, Jackson's uh, hasn't held, handled this well in the past. Cerrone's been their guy forever. I know Jackson was very complimentary of Mike Perry and his performance over over Paul Felder. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the fight. I love the fight. I, I, hopefully, it headlines Denver. That's where Sarni's uh, from. Early predictions is Donald Saroney wins. I know that's my that's my gut feeling. I know Perry's this big, huge, strong brute. I think he gets head kicked. His I think his head gets kicked off his fucking shoulders. I think he's gonna run in some head kicks. I think he'll take a few because he's so goddamn tough. He has a cement block head. But um, I see Sarni winning that fight, and that's gonna be a big line on Perry. Perry's gonna be the favorite on that early favorite. I would I would. Uh, Pre little betting advice here is to jump on the surrounding line as early as possible. The next up, you got Frankie Edgar versus Korean Zombie Chan Ho Zong. Um, I, I can't pronounce Korean names. I can't pronounce any names. But the Korean Zombie, everyone knows who he is. Um, that's a weird matchup for Edgar. I thought Edgar might have waited out. For, Edgar just seems to be active. I think getting knocked out waked him woke him the fuck up. And he's like, let me get after it because this is—I mean, Korean Zombie's a top fifteen guy, maybe top ten, depending on who you ask. I think it's kind of a weird, uh, a weird matchup. I think Frankie probably was like, I'll take anybody. I want to stay ready. Korean Zombie's a tough guy. He's got the only twister finish in the UFC. I just—I mean, Frankie's just on another level with the grappling and with the movement. And and Korean Zombie's very, very slow, powerful but slow. Um, I don't know if he's ever really zombie. That is—is is it really like a? True, like Edgar Grappler, and if he has, I'm pretty sure he lost. I feel like he fought Lamas. I feel like there's a Lamas went in there or a Lamas fighting there. But yeah, I, I, I like Frankie obviously in that fight. He'll be a big favorite. Um, it, mm, weird matchup. I don't know, when I when I heard that announcement, I'm like, really? The, I had to look it up. I'm like, are they talking about Frankie Edgar or is this another guy coming in with the same last name? Because I figured he was gonna wait. I mean, he could. I mean, potentially if Max is out for a while. Ortega would get matched up with Stevens. Stevens is fighting in Calgary against Jose Aldo. Stevens gets hurt. That that I just banged my hand. I broke my desk. If Stevens gets hurt, that puts everything in it. Ortega needs to fight. Holloway, if he's not, I mean, Ortega wants to wait on Holloway, but if Holloway has some serious health issues, which I hope he doesn't, then they need to get him a fight, and Frankie needs to step in. But I guess if he's training for a fight, he'll be in shape anyway. Next up, Jacare versus David Branch got announced as well for uh, the first fight announced for Madison Square Garden show in November. Uh, Branch a couple weeks ago, maybe in a month ago, bought alligator meat from the the black the dark web. I don't know where the hell you get alligator meat from, but uh, you know Jacare obviously is 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 gator in uh, Portuguese. you know that's that's learning Portuguese with me? That's learning Portuguese with Brian. Jacare means uh, gator in Portuguese, so you're welcome for that little knowledge. Um, but yeah, I, again, I just on paper, I think Jock Ray's going got steamroll branch. Branch is a solid guy, but the Luke Rockle fight scares me with his ground. Uh, his Luke Rockle has such good ground pressure on top pressure that branch going to handle it. Um, if Jack Ray gets his fight to the ground, it's good. I mean, it's going to be over. Jack Ray looked really good with, I mean, he's powerful. He's got decent hands, but yeah, he gets his fight to the ground. He gets on top of branches over. And then right before I hopped on the great and wonderful Brett Akimoto reported that Luke Rock versus Chris Wyman is being discussed for MSG as well. Nothing finalized, nothing, you know, it hasn't no one. I don't think has signed anything. I think they both probably verbally agreed. I think that's a great matchup for Wyman. I know Wyman's been out for a while. He, 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 if he didn't break his thumb, he would be getting the title shot over Robert Whitaker. Would have been on the Ultimate Fighter. But your thumb's broken. Uh, Kevin Gaslam stepped in because Kevin Gaslam. I know Wyman has a win over Gaslam, Gasselin, but Gaslam's been fucking sleeping, dudes. So you got to put Gaslam in there. I like. Uh, I like the. I like. I really. I really. Really. Really like this. This. Uh, this matchup here. I, th- these guys were destined to fight again. I know Rockhold was talking about going up to two hundred five. That kind of fizzled out. I don't know if he really wants to cut to 85 anymore, but hopefully he kind of shows up. Rocco might have Wyman's number. This is a dangerous fight for Chris as well. He hasn't really done well in New York. In um, MSG, got knocked out by um, Romero with the knee. And then in Albany, I want to say, he had the Gegar Musazi. Knee incident where he said he couldn't see, didn't know the day of the week or, or whatever, and the fight got stopped, and, and and basically Chris got that loss, appealed it, didn't work, no no appeals work, and then um and then you got the uh, the I think he did beat Gaslam, I think that was in Long Island, so Chris shows up, I mean I know it's in New York, and he, I mean he's what one and two in New York, so. Big New York star. I mean, he's very marketable. He goes all those, you know, goes to the Mets games, he throws out the first pitch, you know, whatever. I'm a Chris Weidman fan. Uh, does Rockhold have his number? I've done predictions for every fight so far that, that that just got announced, and on paper, I think Rockhold might have him. I think it, I just that first fight, Chris. I think the problem with Chris, and I and, and I really like Chris Wyman, I've actually. DM'd him about 100 times because he's actually from the same hometown as my, where my mom was born. So I'm like, hey, come on the podcast and discuss. He has, he has ignored me. I I don't know why fighters don't like other guys jumping in their DMs, but on the, the problem with Wyman is I don't think he, I mean, he's never like owned up to his losses. You know, the Romero fight, lucky shot. The Gagar, I got robbed. The Luke Rockhold fight, I was winning until I threw the back. You know, it's like, be like a Dominic Cruz where you own it. You go, I lost. I mean, I, he was the better guy. Like, Dominic Cruz doesn't dance around the situation. Dominic Cruz could have been like, I don't have feet. My plantar fasciitis on both my feet, gone. Like, he could have easily done all those things, and he, and he continues not to. And uh, Dominic Cruz, that is. And Wyman, however, does do that quite often. And unfortunately, I think that that might hinder him. Hopefully, I mean, he's got a great camp. He's got Ray Longo. He's got Matt Sarah. Hopefully, these guys go. You, you, you can't do what you did last time. You gotta, you gotta fight, and you gotta fight tough. Whatever that is. I want to get a shirt that says that MMA takes fight and fight tough. How many do you think I'd sell? Two. I don't even think Don will buy that. My Don Don has the worst shirts of all time, and I don't think he'd buy that shirt. Let's jump right in though. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. That's a hot take, baby. That's the hot take bad signal. I got two of them for you today. Hot, I got hot, 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 two. Hot, 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 hot. I had to do it twice. So basically, Alexander Gufferson. DC. Let me let me backtrack. DC went on a rant about Alexander Gufferson. I I should have probably pulled it up. Oh, bad podcasting, Brian. You know, it's you can go to Instagram on a computer now. Did you know that? I'm like an old man. Like, you can go to I didn't know that, but you can. It was very elegantly wrote by DC. I agreed with every single thing DC said. Whoa! First thing I just popped up was a... Tom Brady is... Um, Tom Brady is... on The first thing I popped up was Tom Brady and Giselle kissing on a beach. And Tom Brady... I mean, I know the guy's in his forties, but but he can never be accused for PEDs because man, his body is. I mean, it, I mean, he's. I mean, the guy is like, Tom Brady. I mean, he he looks good, but I mean, it's not great. It's not great. Okay, Daniel Cormier. What is it? Carl Winslow? No, that's not it. No, high school teacher principal. No, that's not it. Okay, here we go. Found it. Alex, I don't know where what happened to you. Going back to the Rockhold situation. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. This is a lot longer than I remember. Um, Basically, the gist of it is he said, we're never going to share the octagon again. I am disappointed in who you've become. You are so entitled, man. I can't deal with delusional people. Good luck recovering. Our time has passed. See you from commentary table, DC. Now, I thought that was really elegantly written. I thought that it had a lot of truth to it. My hot take is... DC's not long for this division. DC probably won't fight at two hundred five again. He said something about fighting at the, uh, at Shogun. I don't see DC cutting the weight. I don't think he should finish your fights at heavyweight. Gus Gustaf- offered to fight DC at heavyweight on, you know, and DC's got a broken hand. And then when Anthony Smith goes, I'll take the fight in August, I know they want to keep Gustafs on that card really bad. Uh, Ozdemir fell out. I- I'm your Huckleberry. And, uh, Gustin has a, a minor injury he's always hurt. there's always something with this guy. I used to be a fan of him. I think the John Jones fight got to his head. I think you know he's a, a very very untalented fighter i mean he fought d c great i mean he, he i thought d c won maybe four out of the five rounds if you want to give one to Gusterson that's just when he caught him with the knee but it was it was it was a it was a tough fight it was It was definitely a tough fight but I think Guvsterson is just an entitled Guy, I think he when D.C. is gone, D.C. is going to defend a heavyweight title, light heavyweight up for caps. Don't know what's happened with John Jones. Gustafson's going to win the belt, and he's just stalled the division. He's going to fucking cherry pick everybody. I hate when guys win the belt, and they cherry pick everybody. I want to fight him. I want to fight him. I'm not fighting him. Like, you know, it's like people complain about Tyron Woody, but Tyron Woody defended his belt against a lot of people. Then he's like, you know, let me make some money against Nate Diaz or Nick or Nader, whatever, one of the Diaz brothers. Let me make some money. And there's no, there's no, I don't mind you making money. Guffson, though, is going to win this belt. He's going to hold up the most lucrative division in the UFC, in my opinion. I, I, I love the smaller weights. I actually enjoy the smaller weights better. But I think common fans gravitate towards the heavyweights. Chuck, Tito, Randy Couture, John Jones, Dana Cormier. I mean, these are, these are essentially heavyweights that are, are way more athletic. Um, Gustafson's, that's my hot take. He's going to win the, he's going to win the title and stall the whole fucking division. I can't stand it. I, I know that's going to happen. I don't think there's anybody at 205 that's really going to compete with him right now. Glover just lost. Anthony Smith wants the fight. You know, is Anthony Smith ready for that fight right now? I don't know. Gustafson is very talented. You got a guy, Dominic Reyes, on his way up. I think will be very interesting. Just as big, just as tall as Gustafson. But yeah, so that's my one hot take. And my second... Hot take. This is another thing that Amir Khan just apologized for. Chael Sonnen um, was talking about it Was apparently, they said something about Bruce Lee. Now, I wish you could check the tapes because back in 2000, oh, 10 years ago, 2008, when I was working, when I first started my job, I told a guy who was a huge Bruce Lee fan, a huge, you know, love Bruce Lee, you know, and, and I have some friends that are still Bruce Lee fans. I said Muhammad Ali would destroy him. And they're like, yeah, well, no. And then they had to think about it. I'm like, what are you thinking about? Muhammad Ali, the best boxer of all time, in my opinion, 6'3", 220 pounds, against Bruce Lee, who's 5'4", 130, and he's an actor. People forget that he's an actor, right? I don't know what Chael said. I'm not sure I'm on the side of Chael. I mean, he posts these rants. I don't know if I'm against him or for him. It doesn't fucking matter. I would beat Bruce Lee up. I know people, oh, no, listen, Bruce Lee, 5'4", he was an actor, right? Sure, he trained in martial arts, but people who watch those videos of him hitting the uh, the nunchucks with the ping pong, they think that's real. They buy into it. Now, Now, Bruce Lee was a great philosopher. Bruce Lee had a great mind. I wonder if he had writers because if you watch if you watch SNL and there's a really great you know cast member, he might not be writing those sketches. And there's great actors, but there's screenwriters writing these great actors' things. So he is he either a great performer, he's a great philosopher. There's a lot of lot of things that are, need to be ironed out with Bruce Lee. I, I don't mind that he is put on this pedestal in the, the mixed martial arts world as a god, as a guy that you know it started it all, and, and, and people praise him. I have no problem with that. But if you put Bruce Lee and me in a room, I'm coming out of that room. Um, There's just no—I mean, he's just too small. He's too small. He's not going to do anything to me that—he's not going to be able to hurt me. If he tries to one-inch punch me, I'm going to fucking slap him in his face. There's just nothing that he can do. Now, you take away me and you put in a guy like Muhammad Ali, which was the original argument. I I know— RIP Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, when he was in his wheelchair with uh, Parkinson's, could have fucking beat Bruce Lee. That, oh, that was maybe. (laughs) That, there's me overstepping my takes. Maybe I should change my website to overstepping takes. No, but I'm completely agree with Mir Khan. I don't know why he had to apologize. A lot of people love Bruce Lee. I think he's a terrific actor. You know, all his fights on screen were. Or, you know, they were, you know, it's like, it's like saying CM Punk was a good fighter. He won the WWE title how many times? It's all scripted. It's a fucking movie, right? There's no doubt him and Chuck Norris actually know martial arts, but so does Steven Seagal. No one's saying Steven Seagal is going to kick anybody's ass. I just don't think Bruce Lee is, I mean, Bruce Lee is dead. So a lot of people hold him to a high regard, but you know, I, I mean, he's an actor. I mean, that's all it is. I'm sure he trained a little bit. I'm sure he did this, but. He, I mean, he's an actor, okay? He's an actor. That's it. That's another hot... That's two hot takes. How many hot... I mean, you want three? You want four? You want five? I got them. I got them right now. I'm saving them. Bruce Lee couldn't fight, right? He could fight for an average guy. You put him in there with... Let's see. Davy Grant, who I shit on last podcast in this podcast, right? They're about the same size as Bruce Lee. Davy Grant beats Bruce Lee. That's all that needs to be said. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're a friend of mine, you know who Davey Grant is... Look him up. You see a picture of him. He looks like a fucking the most English guy in the world. He should be wearing a top hat and his name should be just Chesterstonton. All right. So we're going to jump into some new segments, you know, since I don't have to break down. I am going to end with a top five, but we're going to do two segments um, since we're not breaking down a card. One is how to fix this. Little, I, I need to get a soundbite for that. I, I'm trying to figure out the the soundboard thing. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get some sound bites for these new segments. But how to fix this? UFC's pay per view numbers. A lot of people love to report on the numbers of the pay per view. UFC t twenty six was which was a mega card, a great card. Card. I was very excited about it. Lost one fight. It lost the Holloway Ortega card, which stunk. But I don't know if that really affected it too much. It it, it got sub four hundred thousand pay per view buys, which isn't great. So I'm going to fix the UFC. How will I do this? Number one, you got to promote bigger stars. You gotta you gotta change up some of your marketing strategies. Um, I'm not a marketing major. I don't know the exact answers, but you kind of run the same commercials over and over again. Every pay per view commercials are the same. There's a couple that stand out. DC Jones too had a great promo for it. I know not every fight's going to be DC Jones, but. I think the contender series, what you're doing every Tuesday night, I think that's that's bolstering in the right direction. I think you got to get rid of the Ultimate Fighter. I think you got to pace the cards better. I mean, I'm listening. I'm rattling these off. Um, The pay per view cards are actually paced pretty well, but when you do fight nights, where essentially fight nights should be where you're building your stars, putting stars in the main event, and then building stars as well. Um, No one wants to sit there for eight hours. Right. You need to pace that better. Right. Maybe even I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe not have 13 fights a card. I know you have a roster of however many guys, but the Tuesday night fights could could be weekly with some of these guys that maybe shouldn't be on the undercard. Um, Davy Grant, again, I, I, I'm sorry to shit on Davy Grant, but he's a guy that could fight on the contender series and the contender series can turn into Do you want to make it back to the pay-per-view? You want to make it back to the prelims? Let's get the let's kind of trim the fat off some of these cards and put them in the contender series, get some eyes on them because people aren't going to watch these anyway. You gotta not every card has to be a mega card, but you have to build around stars, you have to build around properly marketing stars. Get a new poster guy. I know posters that's such a small aspect, but the posters, the artwork has been the same almost every event, they're getting a little better. Um, the social media game is okay. It's not the best UFC uh, the UFC account on both Instagram and Twitter. They're okay, but they're not the best. They're trying to be hip. I don't know if it's a team of people or one guy. You can do a little bit more with that, but I just think bolstering your stars, you're kind of hanging on to these older stars a little bit, the Andersons, the GSPs. I think it's time to market it and get bigger stars. I think they're doing right already with like a guy like Anasaniye. I think they did right by Conor McGregor, who absolutely exploded. Don't look for the next Conor McGregor. Look for the next someone else. Because there's never gonna be another Conor McGregor. There's never gonna be another Ron Rousey, but there's gonna be a next someone else. Rose Namagenius, perfect example. She can sell tickets, she's a terrific fighter. She's no she's nothing like Ron Rousey. She's Rose Namagenius. No one's gonna be Rose. So you can't look for those stars. You can't be like, ah, we need another Connor. And I'm sure the executives over at Fox or whoever is saying, well, we need more Connor McGregor. But those, those guys don't grow on trees. They're rare, rare birds, okay? And then another and then another thing, which is what they did right, is they signed with ESPN. That was the biggest thing they did. I think ESPN is going to take it to a whole nother level. Vegas, the city itself, I just read an interview Dana did, he just bought a $6 million box for the Raiders when the Raiders come there. And now they're going for 10, 12, 13 months. It's becoming a sports town. And UFC's been there from day one. So I think that's only going to hurt or help, excuse me, help everybody. They're going to come for the Golden Knights. They're going to come for the Raiders. They're going to come. I think there's a WNBA, WNBA team there. Maybe even an NBA team over, you know, eventually. But the UFC's like, they, they've been there forever. So all these athletes and every, all the eyes on it. But. The eyes don't matter if you don't have stars. So you got to have stars. And I know that's like simple advice and, and everyone can just say what I just said, but they're, they're having a hard time doing it, right? You, you need to promote guys that um, like Dominic Reyes, for example, guy is knocking guys out. Maybe not have the most electric personality, but he needs, to, he needs to have an outlet and you need to kind of maybe make a lane for him. And it's hard because there's so many fighters. Not everybody in the NFL or in the NBA is super popular. There are some people who just aren't. They make, they make money and they're good at what they do, but they're just not, they're not at the level of certain other people. That's, that's what fighters is. Fighters have a, a ton of rosters, but I think I'm in this sport. I'm in the media game because I think that they don't have a proper outlet to really show who they are. Barstool's a great way. I mean, Barstool, part of my take has interviewed Dana White, and they've interviewed Steve Miochis, the only two MMA guys. I know Dana Cormier went on like the wrestling podcast, which I didn't listen to. But they need to branch out. And I know UFC has paid Barstool to sponsor. They have sponsored some of the Barstool things because that's the demographic they're looking for, the 18 to 35 male demo. You And Joe, uh, Joanna was on the pizza review as well. Um, they need to do more of that but with other companies as well they need to get names out there of these young guys who they really want to get behind. I know it's hard to be like, "Oh, well why, you know, and other fighters could find resentful like, "Well why is the UFC getting behind that guy and, and not behind this guy?" Blah, blah blah. You you're going to have to deal with that. You're going to put out you have to put out those fires. But I think promoting young talent is is the way. I mean that the baseballs having the same issue right now. They they're accused of not promoting young talent. And it's true. I mean, there's a I mean, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but there's a lot of young studs out there. I don't know. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that the UFC really needs to work on. I don't know. And, and they're in, you know, their, their owners are in management and talent management in in the Hollywood WG. So you figure they'd be good at that, but, um, yeah. So, all right, next new segment, we're going to go. Who's who's next. So who's next is going to be, who's the next guy to lose their, their championship, right? Who's the next champion to lose now? I know I could go Max because Max might get stripped if, if if he can't clear his brain. I know I could go DC at heavyweight or light heavyweight, and I know I can go uh, Re- Rico Montoya. So we're gonna rank them. Who's the who's gonna be the the first to lose? Who's gonna be the the last to lose? Right. So the first one to lose is gonna be Nico Montoya. I think everyone I think everyone knows that she won the title of the Ultimate Fighter. She's going to fight. Uh, she finally uh, Valentina the Bullet. She finally signed a fighter. So she's going to be the number one to lose, right? I mean, she's out. She's, she's done. Next up, you're looking at, in my opinion, TJ Dillashaw. I love TJ Dillashaw. I think he's, he's, he's a terrific, terrific champion. Sorry, I'm trying to write these down so I don't repeat myself. The old, the old brain. See, TJ Dillashaw is a terrific champion. But um, I've been going over the August 4th card, I think, I think that Cody might get him this time. Cody's looking good. He's got those, he's got those videos on YouTube of him in camp. He looks sharp. He's talking about how healthy he is. TJ looks in incredible shape from his Instagram photos. I don't know. That's tough, but I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to say Dillashaw's going to drop this one. They're going to fight a third time. He might get it back, but he's going to drop this one. Next up, Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley, I think if he fights Till which is was talked about, which we haven't talked about. This is a Darren Till podcast. Darren Till tweeted out that except a fight, I don't know how real it is, so that's probably why I didn't talk about it. I'll dedicate a whole podcast to it when it is real. Tyron Woodley's probably gonna lose to either Till or Covington. Whoever he fights, I think I think that's a bad matchup for Tyron. I think he will lose that. Um uh, to either of those guys. And, and and he'll run it back and and, and he'll get in there, but yeah, he's gonna lose those fights. Next up, DC at light heavyweight. He won't lose, but he'll he'll get stripped of it. That's a no-brainer. And then we'll go um man, now it's getting kind of thin. Then we'll go Max, uh, Max Holloway. I love Max Holloway. There's a possibility he might get stripped. However, I do think Ortega could beat him. I picked Ortega against him when they were supposed to fight, so if they do. Finally make the Ortega fight. I do have Ortega in that fight, so it makes sense for me to pick Max. But hopefully he doesn't get stripped. He's done everything right. And it's just a shame that uh that his brain's going out on him. And then next up we got Robert Whitaker. Um, I think there's a good chance Kevin Gassam could take him. Kevin Gassam's is a really, really talented guy, and uh I, I don't know. That's just a tough fight to pick. It's unfortunate doing it next year, but uh I really like that fight on paper. Next up, we got Rose. I love Rose. She's going but, you know, Jessica Andres is is right there. Um, I know she's had some unfinished business with Tisha Torres. Tisha's fighting this Sunday against Iwana. I don't know if a third fight with Ioana is going to make a whole lot of sense. But, um, I mean, it might. It could. Then we are going to go Khabib. I love Khabib, but I love Conor more. Khabib could fight Connor, and and I think Connor has a real chance of winning that fight after the Ali Quinta fight. If that fight doesn't happen, because I did predict that Connor would fight Woodley, which is another reason Tyron's so high on the list. At 155, Khabib could fight a n- number of guys where I think uh, I think he's going to have his hands full. But I mean, I think he's safe for now. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely in the later half of this on this thing. Then next up, we got Amanda Nunez. Um, you know, she's there's a super fight Bruin with uh there's a super fight broon with her and Cyborg. It's not gonna be for Nunes title, it'll be for Cyborg's title. Um but I don't I don't know if there's many girls at thirty five that beat her right now. I can't think of anything on the top of my head. Juliana Pena is tough. She's a good grappler. Kat look looked good. Kat has got a big win over her. Holly Holm could always come back down to 35 and, and, and offer a fight to Nunes. I mean, there's a lot that could happen. Ref, right that's going to be Chris Cyborg because she has said that she wants to fight her UFC contract out, beat a Nunez, and right off in the sunset and go to boxing, kickboxing, whatever the fuck she wants to do. So I mean, she'll lose by forfeit, and then we're going to have to go DC at heavyweight because. I mean, he's got two fights left, uh, and I don't see my number one losing anytime. And obviously, Mighty Mouse is my number one. I like Henry Cejudo um, a lot. He's my he's my guy. I don't know if what the betting line is going to be on that fight when they fight on the fourth. But I just think Demetrius Johnson is the greatest fighter walking right now. So DC will lose either he'll fight Brock. I don't know if he'll beat Brock. My initial thought was that Brock could win, but uh, the more I think about it, I don't know. He's. Uh, DC's really really talented, so he might route for the sunset as a double champ champ. He might just lose both his titles, you know, not even losing them just by forfeit. So that's it. That's who's next. I know that was that was that didn't go as smoothly as I thought. I, I thought it'd be I thought it'd go a little bit smoother. We're running late, man. I'm gabbing away. Let's jump into the top five. Top five most underrated fighters currently in the UFC right now. Guys who, I mean, these guys are ranked but they're not getting a ton of attention. I don't think a lot of eyeballs are on them. I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. Number 5, Leon Edwards. Um again, he looked great against Cowboy Cerrone. I think this guy's an exciting guy. I think he's got a little bit of a mouth on him. He can talk a little bit, you know, his English, so he seems classy. Good striker. I think he's a tough out. Uh Kamar Usman beat him with some with some grappling, but it was a, it was a closer fight than I mean, Kamara won every round, but I, Leon gave up a better fight than I thought. The English weakness in all of MMA is the wrestling. I think no one can dispute that as, as they have a problem with uh, stopping the takedown. Number four, James Vick, who's fighting Justin Gaethje. It's the Justin Gaethje show um, lately with the Justin Gaethje, most exciting fighter in MMA, bar none. He's fighting James Vick, who is, I mean, when I looked at his record, I was like really impressed with his record. He hasn't lost much. but and dollar use knocked him out pretty, pretty significantly. But other than that, he's got slick boxing. I don't think his hands are the best for a guy that used to box professionally or came from a boxing background. But um his takedown offense isn't world class, but he's got good chokes. I think he's a guy that not a lot of people talk. He's like 6'3 at 155, too. I think a lot of people need to be talking about him a little more. I think uh I think he's a he's a tough guy, he's a gritty guy. I think he can do a lot of good things at 155. I don't know if he's if he's I mean if he's ready for top five. I know he's calling for top five, but we'll see if he beats Gaethje. I wouldn't mind seeing the winner of Gaethje Vic fighting the winner of Poirier Alvarez. Next up is Rafael Mocano. Mocano, I've been on this guy a while. Every time someone loses or beats Mocano, I talk about how good this guy is. Brian Ortega beat him, but it was a close fight. He had a close fight with Jeremy Stevens, and he won a split decision. This kid is the real deal at 145. I like him a lot. No one's talking about him. He could have easily been my number one. Um, I know he's ranked, but he is he is a real deal guy. I think he's he's incredibly talented. Number two is Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, besides his beard, I don't think many people – he doesn't stand out to many people. Um, big heavyweight, big guy. Lost his debut against Ngannou. Hasn't lost since. Um, really talented guy, good wrestler, good cardio, moved from Chicago to Colorado, got his cardio in, looked amazing at his him looked like a killer, which is what I love to see. His only problem right now is is he says, I'm going to hold out for a title fight. Well, the heavyweight divisions kind of get log jammed. I think him versus Stipe makes a lot of sense. I know Stipe wants, only wants to fight DC, but when you're sitting out a couple months and you got that itch and all of a sudden UFC starts th- throwing that paper you're gonna to want to fight, and I think Blades Aids could be next. I like Blades a lot. I think he's a sleeper. I think a lot of people. I think people are talking about him because of the, the heavyweight division is thin. I believe he's ranked in the top five, so it's not like that unjust that he's. But I just don't think people are talking about him because he's not flashy. He's not knocking anybody out. Overeem was a disc- horrible, beautiful finish with his elbows. But other than that, he, people are sleeping on him. Don't sleep on Curtis Blades. Number one, Dan Hooker again. I think this guy's this guy's a limit for him at 155. He's really high ranked at 55. I think he's 14th or 15th currently. Um, don't quote me on that. But I think this guy is so good. I don't I don't understand. Maybe because he's from a small gym. Maybe he's from New Zealand. Just destroyed Gilbert Burns. Before that, destroyed Jim Miller. This guy is. Has fallen as high as heavyweight, a big 155-er. As long as he can keep his weight in check, I think he's a real problem for anyone at 55. I would love to see him get a top 10 guy. He's called out Paul Felder to Paul Felder's face. Dan Hooker. No one talking about fifty-five. Everyone's talking about Khabib. Everyone's talking about Conor. Everyone's talking about Alvarez and Poirier, Gaethje, Vic. Rightfully so. All those guys are tremendous fighters. But I think Dan Hooker is outside looking in. I think he. I think he's. I think he's really wanting to get in there, and I think he's talented. I think he's top five talent. I think he. He's going to fight for a title without a doubt. Um, and number a guy that was number one, but a guy looking on the a lot, I should have added him to the list as Rafael Sunsau. A lot of people are overlooking him. Kind of same situation with Blades, though. Is that you say he's holding out for a title shot at 135. Unfortunately, if Cody wins, they're going to rematch. You got Dominic Cruz in there, you got Marlon Rice in there. Uh, uh Sunsau already beat Moraes in his debut, so there's not a lot of options for him. There's, there's, there's some weird stuff going on with the Sunsau. Not the most exciting guy either, so, um, Unfortunately, he didn't make the list. He's, he's 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 an honorable mention. So that's it. That's the show. Um, ran long. Man, I can fucking chat it up. But uh, we're going to be back. I'm going to record on Wednesday. I'm going to break down the entire UFC Fight Night Calgary. There's some amazing cards. I don't know if the odds have been out yet. I know I checked yesterday when I was doing research, and the only odds was Alvarez and Poirier, and I believe Poirier was the favorite. Um, but that's it. That's the show, and I'll talk to you guys Wednesday.